0: Hello, and welcome to The Bossed Up Podcast, episode 112. Today, we are talking all about how to cultivate your own courage community. You may have heard me throw this term around because it's something I truly believe in. Beyond just having a squad of support, a courage community contains the kind of people who are going to encourage you to go for it even when you're not feeling confident. They're the kind of people who are going to challenge you when you're spewing self-doubt, which we all do on occasion. And they're the kind of people who are going to expect your best. They're going to love you and pick you up when you're a puddle on the ground, but they're also going to cheer you on when you're crushing it. It's something I write a lot about in the very last chapter of the Bossed Up book, and in today's episode, you're going to hear from Jessica, one of the women I profile in that chapter, because she's got a really interesting story around how she cultivated her own community of courage, because I think everyone agrees we all need community, but that doesn't mean we know how to go about getting it or how to cultivate it. So today's conversation with Jessica, who you're going to love, who's a Bossed Up Boot Camp alum, is going to break down how she made it work for her. Even though she doesn't really consider herself a super networker or much of an extrovert, we're going to break down exactly how to go about building a community around you. So stay tuned for that in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that there's a great opportunity to develop your courage community with me live at our next Bossed Up Bootcamp, which is coming up April 27 and 28 in the Big Apple. We have an incredible lineup of featured Bossed Up trainers who have done amazing work in all kinds of different fields who are joining me for a weekend designed for women navigating career transition looking to take their life to the next level and really want to leave with a roadmap for how to make that happen— with a new skill set to advocate for the changes they want to bring about in their life, and, of course, a Courage community to help cheer them on every step of the way. It's the best thing I do. We have scholarships and installment plans available for anyone who needs them, and you can head to bossedup.org bootcamp to register today. Space is limited, and tickets are going fast, so make sure you register now and bring a boss bestie along with you. Oh, and... For those of you who are employed by the kind of companies who fund different professional development opportunities for you, in the FAQ section of the Boss Bootcamp page, I've actually already written a proposal for you to send to your boss that makes the case for why they should support this learning and development opportunity for you. P.S. It doesn't emphasize the fact that we teach you how to negotiate. <laughs> It emphasizes all the other leadership skills that you'll learn at Bossed Up Boot Camp. So check it out. Let me know if it works for you. And there's one more exciting announcement I have to share about how we can continue to build community in the Bossed Up community, not only online, but in real life. Next month, May 21st, kicks off a 10-city Bossed Up book tour that I'll be taking from Denver to DC to Hartford, Connecticut, my old stomping grounds, to Providence, Rhode Island, where I went to school, all the way to Austin, Chicago, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. And you can now register for all the public events I'm hosting in those places and more at slash book. And I'll drop a link in today's show notes. Many of these events are free to attend because I'll be having different booksellers on site selling my book if you want to pick one up there and get it signed by me in real time. Or some of them are ticketed with a $20 ticket, which actually covers the cost of a discounted copy of my book. So you can actually save money on the Bossed Up book by coming out to hang with me at these Bossed Up book tour events. I hope to see you there. Can't wait to hang with the Bossed Up Courage community in real life this May and June on the book tour. Okay, it's time to jump right into my conversation with Jessica, who is featured in the Bossed Up Books chapter all about cultivating your community of courage. Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So you joined us at Boston Bootcamp way back in 2014 up in Boston, which was awesome. And you and I reconnected as a part of just sort of keeping up with you and, and all of our bootcamp alums and. I loved especially the story you shared with me which is what ended up in the Bossed Up book all about how you took an active assertive role in creating your own community of courage. So tell me first like what happened to put you in a job search position that required really networking in a very diligent way.
1: Sure. So I had been working at an agency for about 2 years. So let's say it's December and I get a notice from my supervisor saying that fundings have funding has run out. So oh, no. they have to end the program and that my last day would be in January. So I basically got a month's notice
0: um, of
1: um, being laid off. So it was definitely a stressful time. And. I was counting on those paychecks for um, many things in life. So I really had to figure out quickly what I was going to do. And knowing that the job search process can take um, quite a while, I really decided to get out of my comfort zone and try to figure out who I can contact to not necessarily find a job, but to just have conversations with that would hopefully put me in the same room as someone who would know of an opportunity
0: that right. would work for me. Yeah, I almost think of it as laying a foundation for finding the right job for you. I know you were really deliberate of not wanting to just wind up grabbing whatever job was next, right? Or grabbing whatever job you could. You wanted mm-hmm. to be really deliberate about making sure that next move was going to be a sustainable one. So you didn't end up back in this situation of, oh my gosh, there's a literal dead end coming to this work. So how mm-hmm. did you first start thinking about laying that foundation and building out your own community of courage?
1: Well, one of my mentors, we had an awesome conversation in um <laughs> She basically in a nice way told me about myself and told me how, you know, I really can't expect to get what I want without being vocal about it. You know, they say a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So I definitely agreed and then had to really sit with that and really, again, go out my comfort zone and just send a bunch of cold emails to folks who I had gotten the contacts from my mentor. So of course they knew I was going to be emailing them, but I didn't know them and they didn't know me. So sending those emails to set up coffee dates or phone calls, just so that I could get an opportunity to get to know them a bit and what their experiences were like in their current fields. And a lot of those conversations ended up being more than that, where some of the folks that I ended up talking to, what, that was about mm, five years ago, I still talk to now. Um, wow. So from those conversations that started off as an opportunity to learn more about the field I was interested in, turned into really fruitful relationships.
0: I introduced this concept in this chapter that you're featured in in the book, which is towards the very end of the book. It's called Crafting a Community of Courage. And I introduced this concept that I call mirror theory, which is that we have Mm -hmm. to stand in front of the right mirrors if we want to get the right kind of feedback that we actually need. And Mm -hmm. it sounds to me like you were very willing to be vulnerable by seeking out the support you did from your mentor who gave you that feedback that you might have had to sit with because it might have been Mm -hmm. really hard to hear, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you were just sort of expecting to be validated and seen and recruited without really opening your mouth or, or doing much to reach out to people. And I love that illustration of being assertive about seeking out the kind of people you need and then having the courage to be vulnerable again in sending those cold emails. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you first told me, like, how did it feel to reach out in that way? How did you word things? How did you deal with the fear of of rejection or just being, you know, intrusive in other people's time?
1: Well, it was definitely helpful to have that connection through my mentor because they were expecting my emails. but because I didn't know them, it was still a bit nerve wracking for me. And also the idea of like putting myself out there and asking for help. Right. I know for a lot of women, I would say, or just people in general, I think sometimes it can be really hard to put yourself in a space where while hopefully not seeing you as weak, you can fall into um, that discomfort of feeling, oh, wow, I'm asking for help. It means that I'm lacking something. So Mm. again, I had to really check myself and get myself to understand that communities help one another. Right. And although I'm in a pretty sucky situation right now, that doesn't mean I have to stay in this situation. And there are folks out there who are willing to help. So yeah, I just sent those emails basically introducing myself and letting them know I got their contact information from my mentor and that I would love the opportunity to meet Although I was facilitating the conversation, I really wanted to give them the opportunity to kind of tell me what would work best for them. Because at the end of the day, they were doing me a huge favor and I wanted to respect that. So whether it was me like paying for um, a cup of coffee or meeting them at um, during their lunch break at work, I really was willing to do whatever it took to make them feel comfortable because they were in fact helping me a great deal.
0: Right, I love that point too, which is, you know, if you're the one asking for help, you're Mm going to go to wherever they would prefer. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like I will come to you. I will pick up the the tab. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fair exchange of value. And it is vulnerable. Like sometimes I I hear from a lot of folks that those first emails don't get responded to right away. Sometimes they require getting bumped up and sort of being present and being consistent and being Mm -hmm. persistent. And when you did land those meetings, how did it feel? Like how did it How did it strike you as opposed to in the past? Were you someone who was frequently networking like this or was this new for you? It was definitely new for me. To this day, I I don't really enjoy networking. (laughs) I do it
1: because I um, can see how important it is. But do I like it? Not so much. So at first it was a bit nerve wracking. But once I got into the swing of things and I was able to break the ice, it definitely got easier um, the more I met with folks.
0: Yeah, and at that point, it was pretty clear what your objectives were. Mm-hmm. So you were explaining to them what you were looking for. Tell us a little bit about the industry you were in, because you've been with in basically the nonprofit sector, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that kind of work? I was in the
1: nonprofit sector, focusing on public health and more particularly maternal and child health. Typically, the folks that work in this field are women. So I think there was a big common ground there that mm-hmm. all the people that I were I was meeting with were women. And um all of them were women of color. And I bring that up because in the position that I got laid off from, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Although I wasn't anticipating getting laid off, I wasn't happy in the position for many reasons. And one being that I really didn't feel like I was in a safe environment where I had a community at work. So meeting with folks that looked like me was very comforting, especially because these folks were in high level positions. So although I wasn't there yet, it was easier for me to imagine myself there because I saw people who looked like me in those positions. So that was really powerful for me to see because I just was never used to seeing that.
0: Yeah. And that's just such a reminder of how important representation is and seeing badass, powerful women and women of color in those leadership positions makes it seem more possible for all of us, right? Exactly. What did you learn through those conversations by being brave enough to reach out, to put yourself out there? Mm -hmm. What did you gain from that experience? Again, I
1: definitely learned the power of having a community Those in your community don't have to be people you talk to every day or see every day, but just folks who are willing to give you insight and give you encouragement or even um, make a connection to someone else if they aren't able to support you in the way you need to be supported. I think just having people in your corner is really not only helpful in the sense that it can help you get to where you want to be. But just having that support group is really um, powerful and really helpful to how you perceive how the world works. Again, sometimes right. it can be really hard to ask for help, but just knowing that there are tons of people out there who are willing to support in a loving way, in a loving and non-judgmental way, I think is really important to know. First, I definitely learned the power in that. And also, Just like technical things, like how to reach out to folks who you don't know. Like I was doing it without (laughs) any experience. (laughs) I just kind of did it. So I definitely got some pointers in how I could improve on
0: reaching out to other people. So that was helpful. Any of those that you'd be willing to share? Because I'm sure some of our listeners are in that boat right now. They're thinking oh my goodness, I would love to reach out to these people, Mm -hmm. but they're so busy. They're so important. Who am I? They don't know me. Yeah. What would you recommend in terms of that initial outreach for how they can be most successful, strategic, and respectful, like you've said?
1: Yeah. Well, to a point that you made um, earlier, um, you are not always going to get a response and that's okay. Folks are busy. There's a lot of things going on. So there were some people who I emailed who never responded back. And I mean, it was fine. I had the understanding that things happen and um, right, they were willing to even let me have their email. So I was appreciative of that alone. Um. So yeah, so knowing that you may not always get a response. And also thank yous go such a long way. Mm-hmm. After a meeting with folks, I try to send cards, but you may not always get to promo's address. And it might be kind of awkward to ask someone for the address on the first sure. um, note, <laughs> but I definitely sent a lot of thank you emails after we met. Yeah. And also, one thing that I did after each meeting, I made sure to ask for a name of someone that they think would be helpful for me to talk to so that I was continuously growing that community. Yes. And I think this is why a lot of people that I spoke to years ago, I'm still um, in contact with just because I had a growing list of amazing women that I can connect to.
0: And then, you know, what's so interesting is that It reminds me of how important referrals are in general when it Mm -hmm. comes to the job search process Mm -hmm. writ large, because Mm -hmm. you have this established relationship with a mentor who referred you to all of these people. And that Mm -hmm. act of opening that door and being a power connector, right, being a broker of connecting amazing people to one another is such an important thing to pursue and then to continue to lift as we climb. So you know, making sure that you're getting referrals at the end of each one of those meetings is such a wonderful habit to get into to keep that cycle of growing your courage community ever expanding. I remember one of the things you said in your interview that's published in the book is it's hard to get an interview these days, yeah, sure. right? We have <laughs> <laughs> we live in the monster.com era of like You post a job, and as an employer, you're going to get 3,000 resumes sent your way in the first 24 to 48 hours. So, Tell me about how growing your community in this referral-based, one-on-one meeting-centric way wound up with you getting a new job.
1: There was an agency hiring, and um, one of the women that I spoke to had a close relationship with the hiring manager. I guess one day they were having lunch or something of that sort and this position had gotten brought up and my name had gotten brought up as well. One of the people that I have connected to told me the position and I applied and because the hiring manager already heard of me, I guess she kind of bumped my resume forward and that nice. um, ended up resulting in an interview and then me getting the position.
0: Amazing. So awesome. I love that story because it reminds me of a lot of the interviews I've landed in my time. And a lot of the women I work with through our pregame your career change course. That's the majority of what I hear from in the modern job search is that it's not really often that a job posting alone Yields an interview. It's the job posting combined with getting some kind of an internal referral, finding your way to finding somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, even if it requires cold outreach, landing you the interview. And then from that point on, it's up to you. How exactly. did you feel when you were interviewing for the position?
1: I definitely went in there a lot confident um, than I would have if I didn't already feel like I had an in. Right. And not to say I walked in thinking the job was already mine, but (laughs) it was definitely comforting to know that um, this person interviewing me had already heard of me. And because based off what the person she spoke to said about me, that it was appropriate for me to come in for an interview. So, yeah, so it definitely was confident boosting. And I think that was displayed during my interview.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it resulted in a really solid offer Mm -hmm. that you then, if I have my story straight here, negotiated, right? Yes. And those skills I learned from Boston
1: (laughs) (laughs) because I don't think I would have even thought to ask for more money, especially then I was just excited enough to have a job at that point. So for me to go and be like, so I know you gave me a job. Um, what about some extra coins? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so definitely going through the whole boss-up experience and hearing from you and the other facilitators as well as the other participants really right. gave you the confidence and the education around how to negotiate for a higher salary. So I definitely That's have lots of stuff to think for that. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing your story because I think there's so many times in our careers when we will need to be very assertive about drawing out or cultivating our own courage community, even when we don't feel like we have a big network or or things have changed in our lives, like I just relocated in the past two years to Denver from DC. And I've had to be more forthright and assertive and deliberate about how I've grown my courage community here in a major way. And then there are gonna be times in your career when you have to go back to that process. You have to go back to being assertive about negotiation. How do you feel like the experience of, of really cultivating your own courage community has stayed with you up until this point in your career? Because now th- this story happened a few years ago, right?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a while. For me, I've I've been using the word confidence a lot, but I realize more the power that's within myself. I think Mm. before, although going through the process of building this network has been amazing, I think when I really think about it, I was looking for other people to really vouch for me in a sense. Right. But now, although the support is definitely still needed and um, I really appreciate my community, I have the tools to vouch for myself, Mm. which I think is really important because although I know I have these amazing women to call on whenever I do need support, they may not always be there. So I'm the first person to go to.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that! It's such a good reminder that you don't have to be born with connections mm-hmm, or come exactly. from a family that like has institutionalized privilege. Mm-hmm. That can all be true. Like the world is not fair, yeah. but you can still do something about it. Exactly. I think the the key from your story that I love so much is that you can make your own opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. when you're, and you're worth the effort to do that because <laughs> it's yeah. it takes time, it takes energy, it takes being willing to put yourself out there and ask for help and not see that as weakness do you feel mm-hmm. like you're more able to ask for help now without worrying about it coming across as personal failure or weakness or or being so painfully vulnerable oh most definitely
1: <laughs> most definitely <laughs> i am not afraid of asking for help in fact i ask for help all the time now um <laughs> because i i don't think the stress is worth it especially when right you know, there's people out there who are willing to support. Why go through that by yourself? Right. I've been there and I'm not going back.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's such a great mindset shift. It's such a big part of getting bossed up mm-hmm. is recognizing that, yeah, you can do something about this situation, but that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Exactly. Jessica, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your fantastic story where are you at these days in your career? Because I I feel, I'm so proud of you on so many levels. You've illustrated what it means to get bossed up on so many levels. Tell us more about what you're up to now, work-wise. So I um, relocated from Massachusetts to DC. Um, Last year, made it a
1: year since the move. So I am in DC right now working in quality improvement, still in the maternal and child health field, which I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. I've been learning a lot, staying
0: busy, building a new community here in (laughs) (laughs) D.C., and really just living life. I love it, Jessica. Well, thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your day to share your story with our listeners. Thank you for having me. You can read even more about Jessica's story in my forthcoming book, Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together, available for pre-order now on Amazon at Barnes and Nobles and anywhere that you get your books. And you can also head to bossedup.org/slash book for even more details. And now it's time for this week's Boss Move moment of the week. Hi, this is Brandy. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I finally took the leap and jumped out on my own this year after years of encouragement from everyone around me. It's been the best year of my career. made more money this year than I've ever made before. I'm happier. I feel immensely more confident. It's just been a really tremendous experience. Yes, boss. I am cheering you on and so happy for you. So grateful for you to actually call in this awesome boss move so we can celebrate you, boo. For anyone else who's got a boss move to share, who's proud of yourself this week, who is proud of yourself for this quarter that we just went through, the first quarter of 2019 is behind us. Can you believe it? I want you to call it into the Bossed Up Podcast Hotline. And this is the same hotline where you can call in your career conundrums as they come up so we can create an episode all about it. And that number is 910-668-BOSS, or 2677. That's our show for today, boss. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this episode with the women in your world who you know could use some courage, community in their life, and could use some real-world inspiration to put in the time, put in the effort put in the hours of actually building that kind of a community up around them, especially if they are facing something like what Jessica was facing in navigating a job search. This is an episode that can really help move that process along. So thank you for sharing it. It's the best compliment you can ever pay me is when I see you tagging me on social media or sharing a link to this episode. On social media, it truly makes a huge difference. And that link to share or where you can find today's corresponding blog post and show notes is slash episode 112. All right, I can't wait to see some of you at Bossed Up Boot Camp in the Big Apple at the end of this month, April 27 and 28, or on the Bossed Up Book Tour in any one of those 10 cities I mentioned in May and June. But until then, Keep Boston in pursuit of your purpose, and together we'll lift as we climb. Let's face it. Bostov dot slash speak up.